Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm going to snap my fingers and wipe out half the movies that we've reviewed on this podcast from existence. Then I will finally rest and watch the sunrise on a grateful universe. Oh crap, we still got Venom. I'm Adam Alex! <laughs> and this week, we are talking about For a Few Dollars More. We did confirm Here. that it is indeed For a Few Dollars More, not A Few Dollars More. Sure. I was I confused really, about I that. Kind of... I was confused about that at the end of the last episode. <laughs> um... I didn't care for this one very much either. <laughs> oh, let's go ahead and do the scores. Uh, so for a few dollars more, directed by Sergio Leone. Uh, Leone, Leone is one of those. Um, from 1965, it has a 91% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 94% audience score. And Tyler, you have confirmed that generally speaking among the fan base, this is the weakest <laughs> of the three. That seems to be the... The, the conclusion, the consensus. Um, I don't want to go so far as to say this movie sucked, but uh, I did not enjoy it very much. <laughs> Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about for a few dollars more? Jeez. Oh, Which, by the way, theoretically speaking, for us, this will be the weakest of the trilogy. It also has the dumbest name. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just putting it out there. Yeah. Um, mm. That's a good question. I was very tired during this movie already, and it's not a very exciting movie. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <clears throat> it doesn't do much to try and hold your engagement. I would argue. Um, I mean, and you like, and you like the last one. I did like the last one. Uh, quite a bit. I thought it was a good time. So, it, well, it's uh, just just to give people context in case they didn't listen to that episode. Th- this isn't one of those cases where, or at least for you, where where you're going, oh, all these old movies, they're they're terrible, they're out of date, they're all boring because you like the last right. one. Yeah, yeah. And I have I I generally try to have a lot of respect for what you know old movies meant and like like the fact that they did come out however many years ago and I can't completely just say ah well if they release this in theaters it would bomb and it's like well yes but yeah that you know that it's it's been a while uh, it, it if you release citizen kane the same weekend as avengers endgame <laughs> which which one do you think people are going to go to that's all i'm saying one's probably going to get like a 70 percent of rotten tomatoes too it's not going to be endgame <laughs> oh my god yeah um i would say Jeez, that is, that is a tough. This is a very like flatline movie for. Me. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say in general the the. I like the directing overall. I think I think that it's actually you know what you know what I, I can't make a strong argument for that, so I'm gonna go with the score. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is is there anything I genuinely? Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's one of those things where even this early on, I I have to give mad props to a franchise that has its theme and it continues uh-huh. to use it and develop it. Uh-huh. And 
we should probably note before we get too far into these um let's kind of look this up these these aren't they are a trilogy obviously like they i mean they in the sense of like they were created as three movies sort of not not maybe not a trilogy in the the typical um sequential order yeah. way but a trilogy in the sense of three kind of thematically tied movies same guy same actors same everything um it wasn't until later that they were actually like oh these are all chronological or, the, or these are all like the it's the same characters because they do uh it's really interesting um the <clears throat> clint eastwood's character the man with no name uh of course fistful dollars uh <laughs> he has uh <clears throat> oh, are we, please please tell me we're gonna call him fistful of dollars and we're gonna call the colonel a few dollars more <laughs> dollars more <laughs> dollars more we figured it out the colonel is named for a few dollars more <laughs> Colonel for a few dollars more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, no, it's for a few. For a few. I imagine this is spelled like F U E at the end. For a few uh, dollars more. He comes. It's like it's like the the rapper in Tropic Thunder being called Alpa Chino. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, I was gonna say the yeah. So so it's interesting because the the first one. Um, some pe- you mentioned this that some people call him Joe, um, yeah. And this one, some people call him Monko, which apparently comes from the fact that he has that's that means one armed, and like he he only uses one arm like when he's got it under the poncho, like he basically does everything with one arm. Yeah, and so that's apparently where that like they're all nicknames. It's not supposed to be like, oh, that's, that's what his, I that's, thought. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, anyway, that being addressed, um, my least favorite thing. Be honest. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's honest. I mean, the, probably just the fact that it, I, I, you know it's it's not very compelling. I mean, I think I think it's a fairly boring movie. Yeah. Um, and again, times have changed. I'm sure, back in the day, there was a different kind of palette. I mean, in general, if you look at like you know, you look at, at movies from the fifties and you. You know they're they're almost hard to get through now because they are so old. Unless you kind of trade your your palate for that, um, and it, it's just because we're used to movies being faster. And that's I don't I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's just that times have changed and now movies can do a lot more, uh, whatever they choose to do that. Um, and so because of that, you know, it's like uh, I don't know if. I I don't I don't want to just call say ah movie's boring case closed um I'm I'm trying to think about how this would have felt to people at the time and maybe maybe people at the time weren't that enamored with it either I mean like like I was saying you know it's it's not considered like the the best of the three plus yeah remembering that these three movies came out within in the U S within the same year I think that's yeah. really interesting it probably paints a big picture of like oh. And I th- I want to say it specifically like this one was not long after the first one, and then the other one wasn't until December. Let me let me look this up real quick. Um, have any thoughts while I look this up? Fill fill the airtime. Well, I just find it funny that this you know these movies came out in like sixty four and sixty five, mm-hmm. and and you're like I wonder what people would have thought of it at the time. And I was going to make a joke of well they wouldn't have seen this movie at the time because everybody was going to watch Goldfinger. <laughs> 
but this movie didn't get released in America until a few years after. So my my joke is null and void. Yeah, so I'm trying to say uh, the first one was released in January. So Fistful Dollars was released in January. This okay. one was in May, and then the next one wasn't until December. Okay, so it's kind of like triple check my my thank you but i'm i'm wondering if that influenced at all the fact that maybe this got uh not swept under the rug but like it wouldn't have mattered if people particularly weren't invested or interested in this one uh simply because you know the the two big one it already had two iconic classic movies coming out that year yeah. that were made by the same people so I, I can imagine that just kind of getting swept up in the oh man you know what look at these really good you know movies we've never seen anything like this before awesome uh, and just sort of it getting along for the ride I'm, I'm curious how much that would if you, if you watched uh, for a few dollars more in theaters tell us how you felt about it at the time uh, any time travelers listening to this podcast uh, feel free to go back and uh, check it out and let us know your thoughts um, take me with you <laughs> I'm going to go back to when movies were good Tyler said it not me <laughs> talk about the 20s <laughs> people were never meant to talk in movies you hacks it's all been downhill they rely way too much on that and not enough on the action or the mo- the emotion of the scene. Yeah, what I needed was more zoom in on people's faces in this movie. <laughs> it's it's all it's all talkies or TKI as I like to call it. Just use all that TKI to fill up the movies and make them crap. TKI that sounds like a like a, a Scientology term, like one of those BS uh, uh, yeah. acronyms. Or it's like, oh, you've got you've got weird aliens in your brain. We've got to get them out. <laughs> or like something that's in like frozen meals, like, like <laughs> bad, something that's bad for you. That's in yeah. Um, but yeah, I've I've never thought of that. I'm sorry. I'm just fascinated suddenly by this comparison of of uh, talking and talking in movies to CGI, and I, I I'm curious if anyone was upset at the time. Well, a, a lot of actors were because a lot of them couldn't. Transition between silent films and talk and talkies because uh-huh. it's a completely different style of acting. Yeah, that's why like a lot of early movies, people kind of talk funny, mm-hmm. and that's that's a part of the reason why. It's because they come from the silent era yeah. where everything's like big no one and knew how to do it. Yeah, yeah, no one knew how to actually like become like a realistic character. Right. And then people did. I'm, I'm sure, sure, being hyperbolic, but you know what I mean. Um, so it's my best thing about this movie uh-huh. is kind of your best thing about the previous one. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef together, okay. and Lee Van Cleef is the Colonel. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them together, I really enjoyed. Um, I really liked the first third of this movie. Okay. I was I was starting to get into it, and I think a, a good chunk of it is because of like they show their 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 um not origin scenes, but they show like their introductions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're both on the job, uh-huh. um, and, and I really enjoyed their introductions and them them slowly meeting each other, uh, where they they see each other through the binoculars. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. I like all that. I I don't care much for the confrontation scene between the two of them, where they're where they're like, <laughs> I guess we're working together now. But I'm just glad <laughs> one of them didn't go. Um, you have to save Martha. <laughs> this is the best Batman versus Superman movie in live action that I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is it's not really, that hard, though. It, and that's <laughs> brief tangent about uh, Batman vs Superman. You know, our our, our weekly uh, tangent that we have to make about this. Um, For me, it's daily. They just don't happen I, to get recorded. Sure, sure. Th- this is really uh... <laughs> there's a there's a there's a line that people use a lot, and when talking about sports, I know you're not a sports person. I don't know if any of our listeners are sports people, but um, fans of like rival teams when when like their their rivals are like trashing them out of nowhere or whatever they'll be like we're living rent free in your head talking about like as yeah. like a excuse of like oh well you might have valid points to criticize us but you know you're you know you just can't stop thinking about us so that means we really won yeah uh, I, I, hey if that's the like... basis we're going on Zack Snyder won the ball game a long time ago <laughs> the man put a down payment on a house inside your head <laughs> Uh, I, I think you put a down payment on a whole neighborhood. It's not even a house. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say real quick, um, this is kind of the structure I was expecting a lot more from Batman vs Superman, where it's like, ah, you know, you've got unlikely allies. They kind of uh, bump up against each other. They don't maybe don't like each other at first. They they disagree with yeah. each other. There is confrontation. But then they, over they time, have different styles about how they go about things. And it continues to go back and forth, but then by the end, they actually kind of come together to fight. And that's also the reason why, and I think this isn't talked about enough, uh, You just, but just because the movie is what it is, we, we've yeah. stopped mentioning this, but the title of the movie is terrible, Matt vs. Man, much like this movie. Um, <laughs> it's just like... At least it wasn't Monko v. v. Mortimer <laughs> for a few dollars more. <laughs> Paco V. Mortimer, Dawn of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Although, I'm not sure I, how I feel about them kind of battling each other in terms of, like, characterization, because this movie plays Clint Eastwood's character more as, like, a blunt instrument. Like, he just yeah. kind of goes in and takes care of business, whereas the colonel tends to think a little bit more, and he tries to... You know, he tries to be a, l- a little bit smarter about how he how he thinks about how- going through a job. Uh-huh. Um, like Clint Eastwood just goes into the bar and grabs the guy and beats the crap out of him, yeah. and then he just shoots anyone that comes near him and tries to stop him. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the colonel goes in, he tries to figure out where the guy d- is. He tries to do some reconnaissance. Um, right. But then Monko, and, and this is trying to think of this as a sequel uh-huh. um, but then Monko shows up and the colonel's like hey you need to go sneak into their group and, and you know become one of them and Monko's like no I'm not going to do that I'm like it's exactly <laughs> what you did in the last movie it's exactly what you did in the last movie why are you questioning this it worked pretty well you got the and job done there is a part of me that questions if the intention was was for this to be like a completely different character 
Um, I don't know. They're it, using the same actors, but for different parts, well, and that well, it's, that it's, drives me up a wall. So, like, like with the villain, uh, who we'll address, uh, he is the same actor as the first one, uh, Ramon from the first one. It's uh, played the guy played by the same guy who plays Elindio, playing in playing this, an in, infinitely less interesting character in this sure. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, you know, he is clearly oh, these are two different characters because like one of them one of them died in the last one, and like. <laughs> They, they're just yeah. playing him differently. Uh, where Clint Eastwood, he shows up with the poncho. and It's very clearly supposed to be that yeah, guy. Yeah, and, and the theme plays. And they play the theme like whenever he shows up. It's very clearly like, oh, here we go, callback. He's, and he's always got the cigar in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, he's played exactly the same way. He's just, for me, he's not as like lighthearted. Uh, he seems a lot more... This movie lacks the sense of humor that the first one had. Yes. The first one had like a, a dry wit about it, and this yes. one doesn't have that as much. There are a couple of moments that I like. I like the the end bit where um, you know, the guy sneaks up on him, but he shoots him because Clint, Clint, Clint Eastwood's the best cowboy who's ever cowboyed, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no tension whenever he's in a gunfight. Just gonna go ahead and throw that out there. Um, sure. sure. But the bit where he's counting up the bodies and then he shoots the guy and, and uh, the colonel's like, hey, are you all right, boy? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I just thought my addition was off. But I'm good now. Uh-huh. I was like, that's, that's, that's kind of that's funny. Excellent. All right, I'll, all right, fine. Pretty, pretty good ending. Pretty good ending yeah. as, as far as that goes. Well, uh, a good final, like, three minutes. That's, that's what I'm saying. But is that they, the rest they, of the ending sucked. They do a good job of, of, of sort of leaving you on a on a, a fun right off into the sunset high note. Um, I was gonna say you you mentioned. Um, I still haven't gotten to my worst thing, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say you you mentioned that he he doesn't have any danger in a uh, or he, he doesn't you don't feel any danger for him in a firefight, um, and not even just because the last movie were like oh he's like the best gunfighter in the West or whatever. Uh-huh. Within the context of this movie, every time he draws a gun, I'm like there's no threat to him whatsoever. Uh-huh. There's no tension whenever he's he's in a gunfight. Because right. I'm like, he's ultimate shooter man. But that's what I was going to say. It, it's pl- it's like playing Red Dead Redemption, but like on <laughs> God mode, where you're invincible. That's, that's Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say... Th- this coming from a, 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 a hack who has never played Red Dead Redemption. So sure, that, sure. Take that for what it's worth. I was, I was going to say... Uh, they do. They are smart about in both movies. They put him in a position, uh, and it, it would be even more smart if it wasn't kind of repetitive. Um, but they put him in a position. Yeah, it'd be where, smarter if it weren't the exact same position. I'm saying they they use it in both for tension purposes. Uh, he gets captured and gets beat up, and like basically is is powerless. Uh, they're yeah. they're smart about in, immediately introducing an idea of like. You know, just because he's great, he's great at shooting doesn't mean he's going to be able to just like work his way out of every situation. Like, you know, he he's he's only invincible in that one respect in that one scenario, uh, basically with a, with a gun in his hand. Um, it's almost <laughs> continuing the comparisons. It's almost like Kryptonite. Uh, that, that's almost how they use it as like a plot element of like, here's how we're going to restrain him so that now you yeah. don't know how he's going to get out of it. But you'd think they'd help to rectify that but all, by also making him an interesting character instead of just ultimate dude man with a with a cool hat and poncho. It's it's kind of just the problem I had with the first one where, yeah. where 
I, I really like Clint Eastwood's performance, but there's just nothing to that character. Mm-hmm. He's just a really cool guy. Yeah. But he's I think he's more charismatic in the first one. I would argue. I, I would say his banter with the colonel kind of yeah. helps to compensate for that. At least for me. True, true. Um, and Lee Van Cleef, uh, the only other thing I know him from is uh, Escape from New York. Uh-huh. He plays the guy kind of in charge of the operation who forces Snake Plissken to go in and rescue the president. And he's very memorable in that movie. He's just like a really cool character actor. I like him a lot. Uh-huh. Um, what's my worst thing? Jeez. I, I'll, I'll just say this. This plot felt like an average hour-long episode of TV, but it was stretched to mm-hmm. two hours and 15 minutes. Much like the first one, except that one... Well, it's kind of on the same scale, I guess. The first one, I was like, this could be told in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I'm like, it could be told in an hour. It's just, so little happens, and there's twists and turns, but they don't ultimately mean a whole lot. And there's moments where characters are like, oh, I knew you were going to do that, so I planned ahead like this. But it doesn't just happen once, it happens several times with different characters. Like, the Colonel and El Indio are just kind of geniuses, who can just tell what people are going to do kind of feels like Clint Eastwood is just constantly like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. I'm like, when your protagonist has no idea what's going on. I'm... Also, like, the villain gets betrayed, and I'm not entirely sure why or how. Like, one of his own men is like, ah, I'm turning on you after you sent all your men to die. And he, like, seems to be the one who, like, helped them draw their the wanted poster. It seems to be yeah, the Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. And then... I forget what happens to that guy. I think he probably just dies at some point. Well, I got. Oh confused. no, no, he's the one that he's the one that gets counted at the end because we're okay. Or Clint Eastwood. Well, I got confused yeah. once they let Clint Eastwood and the Colonel go. I was like, why did they do that? Yeah. Why didn't they just shoot him? You got an answer for that? Well, they, well, Tell they, me, internet. No, they, they did explain. Like they did. He did. They they explained the reasoning. I'm not saying it made a whole lot of sense, but they did say that they were sitting. They were going to have them. Um, like, well, I, I, there was a line where he was like, "Oh, I'm going to have them basically have them find their bodies with a bunch of money on them, um, so to throw them off the scent to make it seem like, oh, they they captured or they're the guys who who robbed the bank and then they got killed, and so then basically to get the trail. But off then of, they keep looking for the money. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the. How does that help their situation at all? Wait, who keeps looking for the money? Like, the the law enforcement, they'd keep looking for the money because they'd be like, it's only some of it's here. we got to keep oh. looking for it. I told you, they gave a reasoning for it. That didn't um, make a whole lot of sense to me, but okay. But then I don't me, really okay. know because he was also like, yeah, no, he, they're totally going to kill all my, my guys. It kind of seemed like he just went insane at the end, that classic supervillain. Was trope. he insane the whole time? I don't know because he starts Good laughing question. like a madman <laughs> at just random intervals. And you need to explain that flashback to me with the girl. Explain I, why, any of that why to me. Am, why it am no I sense. explaining it? Because <laughs> you apparently know, know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> I guess. I know what I saw on the screen the majority of the time. 
most of the elements I liked in this movie happened very early on. I, I like when Clint Eastwood shows up to town and the little kids like hustling him uh-huh. for information. I like that. Um, there's the weird bit where he's in the hotel and he kicks the guy out, and the guy's like, <laughs> "Get me out of here! I want out!" Very quick, strange. quick, quick! I'll give you the money before he shows up. And I'm like, "What did the, he do?" The, the bit where uh, the colonel um, barges into somebody's uh, basically he's trying to, to hunt down a bounty, and he he first he he knocks on the door and steps away so that the guy shoots through it. Then he yep. walks in, and there's a lady just in the bath, and she, yeah. he's just like, "Oh, sorry to serve you." And yeah. like, like it's just like watching, the, looking, looking around for the guy and going on with his day. That was, it was a nice bit. Yeah, um, and then the the weird girl who who's like, oh, Clint Eastwood, he's so attractive, and she's just hanging out in the hotel. Yeah, and then she and then she just disappears <laughs> from the movie. I'm like, nothing came of that, but okay, it was just weird enough to work. <laughs> And then the whole bit where the safe ended up not being the traditional safe. It was like yeah. a cabinet. Yeah. But the safe was inside. Yeah. But ultimately, like, none of these interesting plot points or, yeah. or d- details end up mattering at all. Right. Like, it could have just been they stole a safe. Yeah. Sure. Because it ends up being... There, there's no clever way of, like, oh, this is, like, a super-duper secret safe. We've got to open it this specific way or whatever. It's just... Yeah. Hey, it's in a cabinet. Let's shoot the cabinet. <laughs> right. Well, the idea was like... Well, I don't know. I feel like the idea was that made it easier for them to get it out because they knew where... Like, basically, it was in a hidden area. Yeah. And, like, they normally they would have, like, tried to steal, like, the fake safe and then that would have... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I, I, I didn't... Like I said, I definitely didn't love this or maybe even like this. Um, but... I think there is definitely something to be said about personal preference as far as, as, as your your thoughts on it. Um, yeah. Just well, in terms again, of... Once I, again, I feel like I these are just not my kinds of movies. Yeah, yeah. Like I've said, spaghetti westerns, I pretty much just like Quentin Tarantino <laughs> a spaghetti westerns, and that's about it. Sure, sure. Um, I do like some traditional westerns. I like, I like the John Wayne Alamo film. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um... I don't know. This this and the first one just don't do it for me at sure. all. But what I my my thought there is that because like last time you're like oh well maybe maybe the reason I liked it specifically could have been because I was into Red Dead Redemption recently. Topical. Yeah. Um, I think I just like westerns as a and like not I don't they're not probably my favorite genre, but I think in general I really like the the settings and the atmosphere of them. And I think that's a Which lot... Which is interesting, because I, I don't really... Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, is I think that a lot of what goes into it is... Or what goes into these is setting up the atmosphere, and it's the feeling. It's not really the plot. It's the 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 scene-to-scene, you know, the backstabbing and the, the sort of general... I mean, this is these are the movies that really set up that genre in terms of yeah. the you-never-know-who-to-trust and, and, like, constant back-and-forth and... Uh, <clears throat> I, I think I think all of that. You never know of, who to trust, especially if they're laughing hysterically. Correct. Probably don't trust them. Actually, you might know who to trust if you just pay attention to who laughs hysterically every now and then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think there is something to be said about the atmosphere of it, and and the fact that like even when it's boring, I'm like, man, this is really pretty to watch, or like <laughs> you know, I I can I can dig where the the atmosphere is, and and I have another point kind of along those lines uh, as far as taste goes, but I'll I'll let you. 
I, I thought it seemed like you had something to say first. Oh no, no, no! I this movie bored me to tears okay. after that first third. <laughs> That's all I'll well, say. Continue. And what I was going to say too, which is interesting, uh, not really the same thing, but also maybe kind of the same thing. Uh, I, I think my what, I, what I'm getting at is that I feel like you you maybe aren't as prone to uh, living in the moment of a movie. You like to sort of take the the movie as a whole sort of as it goes along like with every update you're you're constantly recontextualizing it um, yes and very yes much... I, I i very rarely do i just go that was a really cool moment yeah uh, oftentimes i'm like how does how does this fit in with the average quality of the movie <laughs> sure sure you know um and so that's <laughs> i was thinking that very rarely do i get a uh, bring me thanos moment yeah <laughs> sure sure uh but contextualizing that in the uh or I just sometimes I just say words that like I just said and just like start over and hope that my thoughts gonna get there and then they don't. Um, oh, don't worry, <laughs> it happens to me all the time. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> continuing my my uh, tradition of outing your uh, controversial movie opinions. I recently showed you the Big Lebowski. I know you weren't a, a huge fan of that. Uh, but that is also very much a movie. I that... liked it until it ended. I'm like, I, I <laughs> didn't care for that at all. But that, that intrigues me because I feel like that is th- there's an element of of this kind of filmmaking in that, in in the sense of yeah. like that moment to moment, just sort of rolling with the feeling. The the plot is almost inconsequential in in terms of what's actually happening. It's it's more about the the film itself. I don't know. It's and and the, I'm saying a lot about a movie that is ultimately just a western um yeah it, th- this movie was what i'm getting at is that i feel like this movie has a lot of elements of of the more kind of auteur uh artistic style of later movies a lot more yeah. than i think i've seen in like i mean even going to like star wars going to uh what, are, what i guess rocky was is around that range have we done much I mean, older than that I mean, we're about to start James sure. Bond, and I know you've seen some of those. Um, Godfather, of course. I mean, the Godfather, uh, but that has a very distinct feel and sure, tone to it. Sure, but in terms uh, of like sort of that that almost offbeat, yeah. Uh, the thing that this movie reminded me the most of was actually like David Lynch. <laughs> Specifically, I've only ever really watched uh, Twin Peaks and the the Firewalk with Me, which is a Twin Peaks movie. Um, but ooh, I, I hear me out here. Uh-huh. David Lynch directs a remake of of one of these movies, or maybe he redoes the whole trilogy. Uh-huh. And Kyle MacLachlan is the man with no name. <laughs> Don't you tempt me! Don't you tempt me, boy! I will go and make Jake, Hollywood make this happen. And Jake Gyllenhaal can be the bad guy in each of them. <laughs> he can boy. be whichever Rojo brother he is in the first <laughs> one, and they can be Indio. But we'll get Zachary Quinto in there somewhere, but sure, sure. We'll, we'll get all your favorites. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say, like the in terms of again that that moment to moment feeling, but the the bigger sense of you never really know if if you are laughing at the movie, you never really know if it's at the movie or with the movie. <laughs> like it's very hard to tell if the movie is actually taking itself seriously or not. Yeah, there, there's lots of like. Is that am I am I supposed to think that's that's funny? Or like is that... like the whole scene where they're confronting each other, they step on each other's boots, uh-huh, uh-huh. which I guess is like a I spit in your general direction, you know that yeah, type so, of thing, something, something along those lines. 
Um, and then Clint Eastwood shooting the guy's hat away, and it happens just long, <laughs> just long enough to be called just so many times to be like, Sergio, is this a joke? <laughs> and it's like I, I think it is. I can't tell. Because like it goes on like two more times after you think, all right, that's got to be the last one. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole bit where the guy keeps shooting the hat in the air, I'm like, this is just the worst. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is that, and, and I think... This is, this is almost as bad as Batman hitting <laughs> Superman over the head with a kitchen sink. But I, I think that speaks to my... Almost. The the fact that I am generally maybe a little more... I mean, I, I love myself a good, intricate plot, but I'm, I'm generally okay with sort of letting the movie take me where it wants to go. Uh, yeah. Or any, any piece of, of film or television. Unless um, it's Alien 3. Unless it's Alien 3. In that case, you, you lost me in, th- in, in three minutes. Let me get out of here. Stop dragging me along. Um. <laughs> Alien 3 lost you in three minutes. Correct. I need that quote on the poster. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say, like, the, the general... Yeah, that general sense of... Alien uh, 3 in theaters today, losing audiences everywhere in three minutes or less. <laughs> stop talking about Alien 3. I don't want to talk about Alien 3. Let's talk about Alien 3. I'd rather talk about it than this. <laughs> Disagree. This movie bores me to tears. I love uh, Alien Three, but the I'm saying that I feel like th- that angle, the fact that you know you never quite know, the movie never quite like commits to being serious, nor does it go flat out comical. Like it still, it still has dramatic moments. Right. Um. The fa- the way the characters talk in general, I think, and the fact that they're they don't quite talk the way people talk. Uh, they're all a little bit strange. Um. And very kind of unique characters. Uh, the the rape scene, which we haven't even addressed yet, uh, I think is is significant considering uh, the the that sort of just oh snap that just got really really dark. Uh, that that's something that I definitely think think carries over. Um, I very it also good. was really really dumb. Sure, sure, but I'm 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 talking about, I'm making a point. Um, I'm saying overall, I, th- this movie almost feels more experimental than I would expect a 1967 spaghetti western to feel. That's um, fair. It's very and there there's other moments too, like the the moment with the uh, so so he's looking at the the poster of um, El, El Indio, the colonel is, yeah, and the, there's like a gunshot when he looks at it, and then it starts yeah. going back and forth doing that for like yeah. t- ten seconds, ten to fifteen seconds. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm like. It feels like he's very much... I love the bit where they uh, India opens up the safe to see if the money's been taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the wanted poster, and his laugh like starts <laughs> echoing. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Because it's... I get what the movie's trying to convey. And, and again, It's all... nice when you understand what the movie's trying and, to say. And again, all the, the laughing and everything, like... It goes back to that as well, where it's it's. Our... I'll put it to you this way: the only thing that would have made me hate Indio more is if he had said, "I'm an idea." I, I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I I don't want to just completely flat out judge this on a. My point is that if you're talking about a David Lynch movie or a, a Coen Brothers movie, you probably don't just want to talk about it in traditional 
Ah, uh, is this like a good action movie or anything like that? Yeah, or, or even like a Stanley Kubrick yes. movie. Yes. Because I'm, uh, another one of my controversial opinions, I, I hate 2001 A Space Odyssey. Sure. But I fully recognize that is not a movie from, for me. Right. And the, the, the merits that I judge a movie by are just not the merits that that movie's looking for. Yeah. No, I agree. And and two thousand one a space odyssey I think is more controversial than <laughs> uh, some of your other controversial takes. That movie's a waste of time. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying there are a lot of people who don't like that movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, same same kind of idea where it's like not not nearly this is not nearly the extreme of that. Uh, no, but I, I like the. I'll say this: this is controversial right here, Tyler. All right, I like this more than two thousand one a space odyssey. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that you can tell that this is someone with a more filmmaker advancing the art sensibility trying to do something interesting with a, yeah. kind of a dated genre. Right. Um, I don't necessarily know if that makes it good, <laughs> but I, I think it makes it interesting. I I, I I found myself more... I thought it was just... When, when it got to the point where... You know, I was kind of going along, and I was like, man, I'm really not invested in this. I, caught, I thought I was just going to kind of check out. And maybe yeah. to, to an extent I did, but I, I think there was more for me to pick up on and more for me to kind of digest there than what I was expecting, which is interesting. A weird comparison just dropped into my brain. Sure. This movie reminds me a lot of Tim Burton's Batman. Okay. And I think Sergio Leone reminds me a lot of Tim Burton. In terms of auteur, has a really specific vision, right. not the best storyteller. Yeah. And to be fair, I think Sergio Leone is a better uh, filmmaker yeah. than Tim Burton, sure, I would sure. say. Um, We've got to figure out how to pronounce but, his name before we get to the next. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, he, but, you know, think about it. Think about it. Tim Burton's whole thing is he doesn't care about Batman. He thinks he's more interesting when you don't know anything about him and he focuses more on the villains. Uh-huh. It's exactly what he's doing here. Yeah. But, much like the flaws with Tim Burton's Batman villains, they're all one note and they're... they're nothing. They're just performances and not much else. Advantage, uh, for a few dollars more, this movie came out 22 years earlier. Yeah. This, uh, no, I see what you're talking and, about. And very much like how I feel about the Batman movie. Um, very important for its time. Very, sure. very important for cinema. But hasn't aged well. Sure. sure. Let's talk about oh, yeah. the rape scene. Because, oh dear God. Uh, so that's the Colonel's sister is what you're trying to tell me. They, they confirm that. So, so there's a line at the end where... Uh, I couldn't tell what that line of dialogue well, so, was. Well, so so Clint Eastwood meant, meant says, "Oh hey, uh, you or I see a familial resemblance, resemblance there," and he's like, uh, "There," or he's, I forget what he says exactly. Basically, he has some. The colonel has some line where he says, uh, "There better be a resemblance." I'm or consider like she's my sister. Like it's not quite worded like that. It is a little bit more couched. Uh, but it was vague enough to bother me because I was like, "Does he mean it's like Indio's sister? Or are we getting even weirder with this?" I think that I believe that is definitely the idea, though, is that they're they're uh, 
that that's are that's we are we getting Game of Thrones but, with this? Sure, sure. Uh, the 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 confusion I have is the fact that he has a locket that put like like that, and that's the one that Clint Eastwood plays to stall for time in the uh, the the in, shootout. Oh, I need to but, talk about that shootout. Sure, but I'm confused as to why because they are show, two lockets are shown in the flash flashback. One with the and, and and I assume the idea is that one has the girl's face and one has the boy's face, and and her husband or her husband. You know, it'd be nice if they actually established this. Well, what I'm just saying, what I'm just confused about is that the husband dies. Is is he carrying around a locket of the, the husband, or are there two lockets of the girl? You're not answering my questions, Alex. <laughs> because I don't have answers. Uh, I don't know. I was confused by that. And in when general, did they is, when did they establish the colonel had a locket? I don't know. Do they do that early on? Because at no point do they do they have him like play a music box in the locket or anything. Right. Like th- that came out of nowhere. It felt like there was no setup to that at all. Yeah. I, if there was, it was very subtle, and I missed it. <laughs> um, because the movie's too smart for us. Correct. Uh, See, if I admit that, then no one can be mad at me for not liking it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, They'll just pity me. I can take that. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, that scene, though. That was very dark. <laughs> and it did not need to be that dark. I mean, in general, that's just... that's just, And I realize it's the 60s. But generally, that's not a thing that... And I, I guess we'll we'll run into this again see, with see. Bond. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just about to say. I was like, no, 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 no. In an actual '60s movie, that movie would be that 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 scene would be played off nonchalantly of like, <laughs> oh, she actually wanted it. Oh, she just didn't say it out loud. Oh God. Uh, yeah. And cue, uh, cue, uh, all of Goldfinger and Thunderball. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, Bond gets rapey and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, no, yeah, the the villain rapes rapes a girl, and then she shoots herself uh, in the side. <laughs> she which she is shoots herself in the side, and she's immediately something. dead. Yeah, it's uh-huh. like Power Rangers logic. <laughs> uh, I, I got to talk about that for a second because I made this joke to you beforehand. So Quentin Tarantino is big into spaghetti westerns, and uh-huh. so, you know these old films, um, and they influence his work a lot. I like to think that when he was writing Reservoir Dogs, he was going, "All right, I've got all these influences. Kind of, you know, people can tell what 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 inspired me to make this movie. What's one thing I can improve on from from one of my favorite movies?" And he goes, "You know, when you get shot in the stomach." It tends to hurt a lot, and you tend to lay there and just bleed out for a while. And then he goes, I've got it, Tim Roth will suffer for all of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> from a gunshot yeah, wound yeah. to the stomach. It's very, very interesting. Also, why she, didn't she just shoot him? No. no I good. guess because her husband is dead, and she's yeah, like, I have no yeah, reason to live. Like that. Uh, but either way extraordinarily dark I was like what's happening like yeah it didn't, it didn't seem to fit this movie at all uh, again, and once again 
And, and again, the, this bad guy is just kind of crazy until he's a super genius, and I don't actually know what I'm supposed to think of him. Right. Again, David Lynch, you, you, things seem a little bit kooky, maybe a little bit fun, and then just, oh dear God, something horrible has just happened. Oh, uh, and there goes his eyeball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Um, Let me talk about this final showdown. <laughs> do, go for it. Um. So the colonel and and Indio are confronting each other. Uh, the colonel's gun is on the ground because Indio shot it out of his hand, and he, he's like, "Well, we're gonna have a, we're gonna draw, we're gonna shoot each other." But he he winds up the little music box and the necklace, and he's like, "All right, at the end of it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have it play." I, I do actually like the setup when. We have that early on where he does the quick draw against the, yeah. the guy who yeah. originally sent him to jail. Um, when he when he kills that guy's family and then he kills him and it's super right. dark, but it actually kind of fits. Um, it does kind of rub me the wrong way though, because at one point he's like, uh, "Man, I know that locket means a lot to you." What one of his one of his side guys does, and it's like, "We're talking about a woman that this guy raped into suicide." I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the movie's trying to tell me. I don't know about that. Um, but then th- th- there's like a minute and a half where they're just standing there <laughs> waiting to shoot each other because the music box is still playing. Yeah. And then Clint Eastwood just shows up and he says, Hey, 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 Indio, there were two of us. You knew there were two of us. Why are you just, why didn't you just shoot him and come find me? Like, this doesn't make any sense. So Clint Eastwood just has the the drop on him, and I'm like, I thought India was smart. <laughs> and then Clint Eastwood's like, "All right, here's here. You can have a gun for your holster now, Colonel. Instead of having to pick up your gun off the ground, it's a fair fight now." Cue another five minutes of them standing there before they draw. Yeah. Again, goes on longer than like a normal movie would do it. I do like the moment where he shows up uh, with the locket where it's like the the music about to stop and it's like, oh, India's going to kill him. And then yeah. it starts up again and India's like, what? Yeah. That would have been fine if, if each segment was like 15 seconds. Sure. There's a car alarm going off in my parking lot. I can't hear it. Good. Um, it would it would have been better if if they had found some way for Indio to think that they're alone because I just don't buy that he's like... I'm going to face you down because yeah. nobody's around to stop us. Clint Eastwood could have just shot him in the head. I think, I think that's supposed to be part it's of It's like the... the ending with the guy, with with the same actor shooting him in the heart. And I'm like, just shoot him in the head. <laughs> right between the eyes. It's, it's... Everyone needs to shoot everyone right between the eyes. These movies would be over in 15 minutes. I, I think the idea is supposed to be the general, the, 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 the honor dual system. I think I think that's what they're going for with that. So, shoot him in the leg. <laughs> kick, kick, <laughs> honor. Kick, the, kick, no, no, shoot him in the leg. Kick the gun away from him. Say, all right, I'll give you your gun back as soon as I kill Clint Eastwood. <laughs> then leave. Oh no, no, but but no, by no, this, no, I'm this not movie, about... no, no, but by this movie's logic, the colonel would have been dead because he got shot in the leg. Correct. He would have been immediately dead. I'm not talking about the uh, the the villain having the honor. I'm saying that. I think he assumes Clint Eastwood will honor their duel. So, it doesn't matter what he's up to. 
once again, these people are like super geniuses, <laughs> and they they just trust that these, that these things are going to happen. I guess that's that's if that, that is the explanation. I'm not saying that that was the explanation, but the thing that bothered me the most was when the colonel's like, "Hey, you need to go be a part of their gang." Convince him to ride south. Or go north with him? I can't remember. And Clint Eastwood goes, Alright, buddy. We're going south. That's the better idea. They won't... They'll never see us coming that way. And the guy's like, Alright, fine. We're going east. Yeah. And then they show up to the town and the colonel's there. And he's like, I knew y'all were going east. I'm like, how? How? And at that point, if the movie was kind of self-aware and it... It was kind of being goofy and tongue-in-cheek about it. I'd be like, that's great. That's like a 60s Batman moment. It is kind of great. I don't that's care. Like, <laughs> that's, like the, that's like them crashing the helicopter, the Batcopter into the, the foam mattress convention or whatever. And Batman's <laughs> like, I did spot it out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> if the movie were tongue-in-cheek, I, yeah. I would have liked it a whole lot more. I would have accepted all and of that nonsense. It wouldn't need much to tweak it. No, it, it really wouldn't, wouldn't. need we need much to push it into that sort of the entire thing is just is very uh not a comedy but is is very humorous and sort of lighthearted. Yeah. Well, especially when there's no stakes cuz your heroes unless they're unless they get captured cuz it's the second act of the movie, um yeah. they're invincible gunfighters. Like, I, I felt no tension in any scene where Clint Eastwood had a gun. I'm like, he's just going to shoot everyone. <laughs> and guess what? He just shoots everyone. It's pretty good. <laughs> and it, it, it's not like, a, oh, he got shot in the leg. He's wounded. I wonder if he'll survive. Like, there was nothing. Right. Like, the bad guys would just miss, and then he would just shoot everyone. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like that's the point of those scenes. Where it's like, all right, we can let him loose. But at a certain point, it just gets super old. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm like, I, I, I could have, I should have just stuck with the first one. I don't know why I was complaining so much about it. Could have <laughs> just watched that. Didn't even need to watch this one. This one felt almost like Sergio Leone wasn't happy with the first one, so he tried to remake it. But yeah. he didn't. It, it based it on, just given everything like, I was saying, it earlier. almost feels like that. Yeah. I'm not going to say that was actually what he was going for. Right. I'm just saying that's what it... F- Some of it felt that way to me. I was going to say, to me, it felt like he started with the foundation of the first one. He was like, all right, now, how can I how can I change this up and make it weird? Um, <laughs> and I think he succeeded in that regard. Uh, yeah, it's a little strange. Um, I guess the last question I have is there's a whole little subplot where Clint Eastwood goes to find an old man who somehow has information for for him. Uh-huh. I don't even remember what, what this relates to. I guess with the bank or something. Right. Um, is that old man the guy who's building all the caskets in uh, the first movie? Maybe. Because I, when I was watching that, I was like, "Is there are definitely? Is, is, I think is there this are... is is this just like the same actor playing a different part, or is this? It's supposed to be a sequel, and they know each other. I think it's because I don't know why. Because I don't know why Clint Eastwood goes to talk to that guy. It's definitely otherwise. It's definitely supposed to be a different actor or a different character. Words. Okay. Um, why do he go and talk to him? How does he know who he is? 
Doesn't make any sense to me. He found him somewhere. I he missed found that him somewhere. The train, the little train set was kind of fun. Where, where, or not train set, but like the the house that's rattled by the train where everything falls down. Yeah. Oh, that was a great gag. A little bit. Once again, if the movie had that tongue-in-cheek sense of humor like that yeah. throughout, I think the movie would have been greatly, greatly improved. Pronouncenames.com Oh, my God. Leone. Oh. Oh. So it's Leone. Leone. Oh, Leone. my God. Leone. I'm, I'm not Leone. talking like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's repeating. It's not stopping. Okay. Uh, so our sponsor this week is pronouncenames.com Sergio 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 would be the Americanized version of that I suppose anyway it was bothering me so it's Sergio Leone that's, uh, it's, that's it's Leone so, uh, uh, Leone no <laughs> I decree it. Rude. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about the film. Yeah. Um, despite all my complaints, it's not terrible. No. Um, it's just boring. Yeah. And it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I really just didn't know what they were going for. I could give this like almost any grade that's not like a high grade. And I feel like I'd be I'd, I'd both be able to justify it and feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm giving it a C minus. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go C plus. Which is what I gave the first one. Right. Makes enough sense. Just make it shorter. Give it more humor and that tongue in cheek feel. And I th- feel like we yeah. we could have had a good movie. Sure. We'll have to see what happens. I, 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 I am not excited about Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Only because it's like two and a half hours. Sure, sure. And my main complaint about both of these is they could be like half the running time. Right. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't want to sit there, watch the movie, and it hits the 75-minute mark. I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you're watching the movie you're like alright 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 oh god not again um oh hey they got captured again hey they're getting beat up by all their goons and one of them's laughing hysterically again we'll see yeah that's all I got Okay. You can find us online at here come the sequels com. You can find us on email at here come the sequels at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT sequels. And we can also be found on iTunes and YouTube if you just give here come the sequels a little search in the box that is provided. Probably says like search, search here. It's like some dots, usually like a magnifying glass beside it. It's top of the page above the, the, the content. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> Can we just skip the good, the bad, and the ugly and go straight to Bond? No. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Please. Who's with me? No. Who's with me? Overruled. Oh wait, we don't record these live. There's no crowd <laughs> to. There's no crowd to agree with me. A week later, the replies start rolling agreed. in. They all say no. 
they wouldn't agree with me. They'd they'd all start shouting me down. Correct. I I I am going to try and keep an open mind with the next one because I tried to have an open mind with this one, and mm-hmm. like I said, the first third of the movie had me. Yeah, and then it just lost me. Sure, sure. Oh, well, um, better go find you. The next one's not a prequel, is it? Isn't aren't aren't these movies like I know it's a very loose continuity, but is one of them supposed to be like set before? That might be right. I'm not sure. The at least, or at least I mean I don't know how they could. I don't know that it would establish it as a prequel. What I would say there's a good chance that it is because at the end of this one, he Clint Eastwood's character gets all the money. True. And he's like, I'm going to retire. Yeah, if he hadn't, yeah. However, I'm a little confused by the colonel waiting to tell Clint Eastwood this information about his sister, and that's why he's actually going after um, Indio. Uh Um, I don't know, the whole thing where he's like, no, you can have the money. That seems off to me. I don't know. I don't know. Mostly because as much as I like their rapport, I never thought of them as friends. Yeah. So at the end, when it's like, did, did you really earn his respect? I'm not I'm, I'm not <laughs> buying it. Yeah, I don't know. I had to sneak in one last complaint there. I, sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I mean, whatever. It's creative. Uh-oh. Remember how I said last week I'll never watch A Fistful of Dollars again? Uh-huh. I'm never watching it for a few dollars more again. Will that be the deciding factor? That's going to be the deciding factor for me with Bond. I mean, like, with the other ones, like, with the, with these, I probably won't watch these again ever just because I'm never going to be, like, that, like, man, you know, that really needs to go top of my list. Like, I feel like my, my list of yeah. things I need to watch and or read or whatever is not, is, is too long for that. But, uh... Right. Uh, for for Bond, that's definitely going to be something I think as well. Is am most I... of the Bond movies you're going to say, nope, never watching that again. <laughs> I don't think any of the early ones. I mean, I, I all shouldn't. Right, all right, hear Russell... me out. Hear me out. Never watch. Never say never again. Again. Well, that's one of the worst of the Bond <laughs> movies. So I know, but I'm. It was question word word word, word play. I, I know you're 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 a clever man. You're a clever man. Are we going to include that with the Sean Connery set of Bond movies? I have no idea. You're you're the one who knows how these things work. Well, it's not an official part of the franchise, but it is a James Bond adaptation with one of the actors. Eh? But it comes out during one of the Roger Moore movies, which is the second set of Bond movies uh, that we'll be doing. So I don't know if we want to save it till because it was like a competition that year of like which which Bond is gonna is I mean, gonna I'd, do it like I'd the rather, official Bond or the original. I'd rather wait until. Uh, okay, we can compare the two chronologically. Whenever we're gonna we get can, around to those, we can compare whichever two come out sure. in the same year. Sure. And we can go. They're both terrible. <laughs> Hooray! Da, 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 da. I don't even remember which more movie came out that year. It might have been. Might have been Octopussy. Not sure. It's also a very uncomfortable title. I agree. <laughs> See, I'm already chomping at the bit to talk about James Bond, Tyler. I'm aware. I don't want to. I don't want to. What have I unleashed anymore. upon the world? <laughs> All right. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> We've droned on long enough. Um, next week, we'll be discussing the good, the bad, and uh, the unfortunately long movie. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time.